My name is Fabian, um, and I'm a, I'm a brand designer, uh, meaning I, I, I design logos and everything around that. Uh, I started eight years ago, I think, eight, yeah, eight years ago, um, with doing logo designs. And before that, I've always been like very into creating all sorts of stuff. Um, when I was young, I was uh, drawing a lot, even though it was terrible. Um, I was drawing, and I was making a lot of videos with my home camera, and, and, and just exploring the shit out of, out of things. Um, and um, when I was about 12, I got into um, a lot of um, mascot logos, as they're called, which is basically these like very cool animal logos you see uh, mostly in like esports and, and sports. Um, and I got really addicted into making making those. Um, and ever since, I've been making it so much, and I've been heading towards some more like simplistic and minimal style, obviously. Um, but yeah, and then I've also done a lot of um, a lot of um, companies, I guess you can say, with uh, Shopify. Um, so I have some some experience there too. It's interesting to see how logo design has changed over the years. There was a conversation recently about how we're two D minimalists now, um, but possibly venturing back towards three D logos as we move into the metaverse and other places like that. Uh, I mean, do logos go in and out of fashion? Like, what what's your perspective on like the evolution of logos since you've been working with them, and what makes a good logo, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, well, there are a lot of trends within design, which, which I mean, a good logo doesn't really follow trends, which we'll probably come to more later. But um, it's it's quite funny if you like see all these like if if people here are sports interested, but a lot of sport logos they they tend to when when they get rebrands, it gets huge backlash from the from the fans and everything. It's like it's like a nightmare to if you would design a sports logo. Um, but I mean, if we if we look at like the previous time of that logo, um, they've probably like followed a trend which, which now has to change. Um, if that makes sense. So, yeah, a lot of design is trends, um, and a good logo, in my opinion, is um, it's really something that's first and foremost it it has to be simple, uh, not necessarily minimal, but simple. Um, I think a good test is probably if you if you like flash flash a logo to someone for literally just one second. They should should be able to like recall what they saw and pretty much uh, exactly tell you what they saw. Um, if they can't retell everything or at least what was happening in that logo, it's not it's not a very good logo. Um, it also needs to be distinguishable. Um, there are and especially in your at least in like in your niche as a brand, it has to be distinguishable. Um, I mean, and and that applies to if you if you take any in a good logo like the. The Apple logo or CNN logo, they they follow that those concepts. Um, I mean, with the with the Apple logo, for example, if you if you just would have had like a icon, black icon of an apple, it, w- it would be simple, but it wouldn't be distinguishable. So, but then if you add like the little leaf above it and the bite, it's it's suddenly a lot more distinguishable. Um, and yeah, and also it needs to be aesthetically pleasing uh, to some extent, at least. What makes something aesthetically pleasing, in your opinion? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I think like for s- something that I that I uh, tend to think about, like for starters, is that people like to see um, a lot of ink in one place, if that makes sense. So you know, once again, think about the Apple logo or Nike logo. It's it's like a lot of ink concentrated in one place, um, and then there's a whole lot of psychology behind that. Um, when when you say ink, do you mean like like color? Like what do you mean by like a whole lot of ink in one place? Yeah, pretty much color. Like if you were to print it um, in black or white, there, there'd be a lot of ink concentrated in one place. Um, and people like to see this like bold, concentrated 
blobs of ink or, or pixels in this case or whatever. Um, but that's like something basic that, that people likes and how to make something aesthetically pleasing. Right. So like versus the Starbucks logo, which I feel like is like an outlier because it's quite complex. Um, you think it, it almost reminds me of the Starbucks logo of the Apple original logo in that it's like got so much going on. But even the Starbucks logo got simplified, actually, didn't it? When I think about how I see it now versus how I remember it when it first came out. Yeah, so, you have like text around it and stuff, which they removed. But I mean, it's even though there's a lot going on, it's still simple because you can like you can you can retell what what's happening in it. It just it's basically just a green uh, circle with with that. I don't I don't know what that creature is called in English, but um, yeah, that, that Medusa creature. I think is a Medusa. It's like a, the yeah, snakes on the head, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Medusa. Um, yeah. So like people can still recall it. What's happening? Um, so it's still simple in my opinion, even though it's it's a bit it's 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 a lot going on in it. So what would you say then is the job of a logo? What what when you're when you're thinking about designing a logo, like what are the jobs that it has to do? Yeah, well, I think a common mistake is that people think that a logo has to like say a whole lot. And frankly, it's the opposite. It shouldn't say anything. Um a, a good logo is like just a a capsule of what the company itself is. Um I mean, if you look at like old bank logos and stuff, uh, which I which I uh, do pretty often, um, they like have like the American map and they tell like the greatest banking in America and have like dollar signs and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, and we don't need to know that essentially. We just we need a we need a mark that we can associate that brand with. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. I think it makes sense. I mean, a lot of people especially when they're starting up brands, they place so much emphasis, thought and time into their logo and sometimes cost as well, um, which might be a bit of a vanity project in that when you're first starting out, you should probably be focusing on your product and your first 1,000 customers, let's say. And a logo is important, but maybe not the end of the world. What do you think about, I mean, there's a lot of brands that have come out recently with just word marks as logos or, or just a, a font as a logo versus like an actual icon. Do you think there's any disadvantage to just having the name of your brand as your logo versus having an ownable icon and like what's your opinion on that um i i see th it's a lot of um i see a lot of like non-designers and designers too like arguing with all these like fashion brands simplifying into just it's just font names um and i and i totally get that um and i do think it becomes a problem if if a logo like that doesn't become distinguishable enough um, you know, word, mark, word marks have been have been around for for centuries, and they work very well um, as long as they follow the principles. Um, but you do get into some danger if it becomes too bland, um, and that's it. Also depends a bit on you know the industry. But yeah, you do have to still be distinguishable, in my opinion, to to make it a good logo, uh, even though they want to simplify it and minimize it. When you look at most logos as a designer, uh, day to day. Do you think most people have, by and large, good logos? Or do you think most people have, by and large, bad logos? Like, where on that index do you see when you're just out observing brands? Where are we on that kind of line? I think I'm actually... I think people have good good logos, man. Um, um, I, I, I do this thing where I, like, all the time when I walk around in my in my on the streets, I, I look at every logo that I can see. Um, and um, I usually think about, like, how how I can improve them if I can improve them, um, and oftentimes I'm like surprised like how good logos are even though even if the 
the brand or company is quite small and they're like local brands. Um, but I think that has to do with with this whole simplifying trend. Um, you know, a simple logo is it doesn't maybe make it like instantly good or great, but at least it's not bad, you know. Um, and I think a lot of people have, have understood that recently. Um, so that's a good start, definitely. Yeah. So when you're when you're looking at these logos that already exist and you're walking around and you're going, All right, what could I do to that one? How could I change that one? What's your kind of process for ideating changes? Yeah, well I do I do see a totally different version in my head. And I think like at the start of my career, uh um I used to like look at a lot of really good logos and like only good logos to find inspiration and you know I'd I'd study great designers, which I still do, obviously. But like, I've almost find it more giving nowadays to study bad logos. Um, and from those years of studying good logos, I've I've realized why those bad logos are bad. Um, and I think a lot of designers today like don't they know what good logos are, but they don't know why those bad logos are bad. Um, and obviously, I think it comes from from designing, you know hundreds of logos every year, you, you kind of get a sense of, of what works and what doesn't work. Um, so I think you just like have to kind of surround yourself with both good and bad logos and, and learn how good logos look and how bad logos look. And you can develop some sort of sense for that. Companies recently who are, who are rebranding just recently and their previous logo was not necessarily bad, but it wasn't fitting what they are doing next, like what they're trying to um, like the like the Burger King logo, for example, they recently rebranded a few years ago, um, and it's not like that their old logo was bad per se, but it didn't fit their new agenda, which was to go like more. They wanted to feel more fresh and more eco-friendly and stuff, and then maybe you don't want that round blue red plastic feely logo, and so that logo would be bad for them to have if they wanted to take that more eco-friendly direction. But luckily, they they probably have a large team of of creatives who 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 told told the um, the CEO and stuff that we we probably need to change logo, and so they did. Burger King's one of my favorite brands. Um, I'm a vegan, so it's not necessarily my favorite business, but it's certainly one of my favorite brands. I think some of the mm-hmm. approaches they have to advertising, like you said, some of their thought and thinking around their um, rebranding and i loved some of the stuff i think they did a campaign with andy warhol when they uh, were quite a young company and then they brought that back i think two or three years ago and aired the original advert i think it was around the whopper i thought it was just a fantastic uh, reuse of what was a really classic advert for them back in the day so they really got their head screwed on but you said something interesting there you said something about having lots of designers uh, at their beck and call i'm paraphrasing but do you think that works Whenever I've worked with designers, design teams, the more people in the room, room, generally, the more convoluted the conversation, the more difficult it becomes. Do you think design by committee is uh, something that brands of any size should look at doing? Or do you think it's better to pick an individual and work directly with them on a project? I, I think I think the more the better, honestly. Um, and, you know, all all the the biggest and best studios in the world there and they usually consist of probably like 10 15 people at least um make working on the logo and that's like not even counting the designers and creatives and decision makers from the the client company itself there there is no like real right or wrong but with branding um 
there is more of a right or wrong. Um, it's there is more like facts behind it. And as a designer, you 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 study for years and learn for years of what works and what doesn't work. And you before you take on a client, you spend probably weeks or months of research, client research, and understanding what will work and what won't work. And I think like a a uh, company owner or they don't really know what works. They obviously everyone has an opinion of how aesthetically good something is looking but within branding there are certain things that are like right or wrong and that's the designer's job to 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 kind of convince the the client that you know you might not you might not love this logo right now but it is what is the best and over time it will it will uh, stick yeah i've seen that happen uh often when i've worked with external designers they say you know let this logo sit with you because the knee-jerk reaction when you see something new is usually negative and mm. then it, it grows on people when you're working with a client and you do a new design when you unveil that design to them do you also talk them through the justification of the design as in here's your new logo mr jones or mrs jones um and here's why it's your new logo or do you just say here's your new logo Oh no, um the the first one definitely and it's super important. Um usually what what I do and what most most um people within design do is that they'll have like a presentation of the end of the project and I like I I never show any work to the client before that presentation. So coming up to the presentation everything's done, they have no idea what what I've done. Um and I think that's that's usually because people aren't supposed to like get get in love with a certain idea or or hate a certain idea just from having no knowledge of it at all. So on that presentation, you kind of have to explain in, in great detail exactly how what you've done and how you've done it and why you've done it, um, what kind of research you've done and why you think the logo you're about to show will, will work the best. Um, and so you really have to like take the client in the hand and, and lead them uh, through your work and convince them that this is, this is the best step for you. Um, and as mentioned before, it's not always that people will say, you know, directly that, wow, we love this. Um, sometimes it, take, it takes quite a lot of time, but that's fine. Um, yeah. So what is, your, what is your general process then? So you, when you get a new client, what's your kind of from onboarding all the way through to delivering that final logo? What are the steps that you take? And can you break it down for us just so we can understand the process a little bit better? Um, for, for most of my clients, I like... I never work for under two to three months. Um, and that's just so you, you get yourself enough time to, to understand if something is going to work in the long run. Um, because sometimes you get like ideas, which, which you totally love. And then a week later you, you hate it. So, and that's quite common within, within the creative industry. Um, so you really have to, first of all, get enough time for the project. Um, and what I usually do is like I spend a few weeks before I even before I even sketch or do anything to to do research and to understand the client. That's very underrated in my opinion to to understand the client in great detail, like exactly what they do, um, why they want to rebrand, and who their client is, and who their target is, and and everything about that. How how do you um, do that? How do you actually do that though? Do you spend time with the client? Like do you talk to their customers? How are you doing that research? Yeah, it depends on the customer, obviously, but usually it's it's just a lot about conversation, um, a lot of meetings, and um, just trying to to talk with with people around the business. Um, 
So yeah. Um, and then after, once you have like a, a really good idea of what what the, what the company is about and what they're where they want to head, then you can get into sketching and you know that's where where the creativity really really pops out and you can just go crazy for for a few months and hopefully have something great to present uh, at the end. So it's literally open your sketchbook. Do you mean literally a sketchbook? Do you use a sketchbook? I I use a sketchbook, yes. Um, but I don't use like my sketchbook to sketch in in great detail. Um, like my sketchbook is just full of like ugly little scribbles of of letters or remarks. It's just like super quick. Um, and then I'll I'll make like ninety percent of the work in um, on the computer in the Illustrator. Let's take Nike for example, because everyone knows it. Uh, they came up with a swoosh, a tick, right? So I can only imagine that they did the same process when they came up with that. And someone sat down and said something about a swoosh, whether it was runners swoosh as they go past us or some, somewhere, somewhere and somehow swoosh must have been mentioned in a conversation that a designer was part of. And then that became part of an ideation of a swoosh. What does a swoosh look like? And then maybe that turned into a Nike tick. I'm making it up. I don't know the story, but how do you come up with something completely abstract? Like Apple, I get it's an Apple. McDonald's, I get it's an M. Nike is a tick. And then you get some other ones that are just completely random, like have no synergy with the name uh, or anything, like Medusa for, for coffee. Like, it, there must be an origin story. But when, when you're doing abstract logos and, uh, and marks, how do you know when something's good or bad if it has no correlation to the business itself? Funny you should mention the... Uh the night one because it was um it's, it has a quite funny story which was it was made by like a graphic design student for for twenty dollars and yeah it it has it's become so iconic um but i think when you're doing abstract marks it's it's really all about quantity um and it's very difficult to know what will work in the long run when sketching and, and making logos and that's why you kind of have to allow it to take time so you can you can really understand the the mark and what I usually or what I what I like to do is that I like most sketches that I think has potential um, or uh, logos that I make in Illustrator that has potential for that client. I'll I'll print them out, print them out on just regular paper, and I'll put it around my wall uh, here in my room where I have like you can't see, but I have like my my walls are covered with uh, logos, um, and that's your just really to see if they can stand the test of time. Um, and sometimes, as you say, marks doesn't really. They don't say anything, but they they can kind of contain a certain feeling, like the swoosh with with meaning fast in with the night logo. Um, and I think I think like oftentimes we we when we create logos, we think like when when it's done, we we think like okay, now now the logo is done. But in real reality, you know, the logo is just kind of getting started when it's when it's done. You know, that's that's the time for the logo to really live its life and see if it can stand the test of time and as you say, like that Nike swoosh, I'm not, I'm not convinced that if someone would do that today, you know, people wouldn't just drop everything they had and say, wow, that's the best logo ever created. Um, because it has gotten so good because it's evolved over time and it, it, it has the basic principles in which, in where it's distinguishable and, and simple. Um, and from there, it has evolved via Nike. So it's like the perfect little vessel for everything that Nike stands for, but it's it's nothing more and it's nothing less, basically. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And um, 
I've read a few books on design, uh, and I do not profess to be a professional designer in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. But um, there are some people that try to bring in other aspects to logo design, specifically psychological aspects, for example. I know the famous one is Pepsi, where they changed the logo to be supposedly more like a smile. Um, and there's a famous example as well of old sales guys used to set the clock in their um, meetings or set meetings uh, to happen at 10 to 2 because on the clock face it was a smile and that was always how they sold clocks in in shops all the hands would be set to 10 to 2 because it looked like a smiley face um, these weird little psychological tricks and I mean is that just a fad is that just a thing that us non-designery folks kind of think oh yeah we're really great because we've, we've incorporated these psychological tricks or are you also thinking about them no they they definitely do exist and and um as I mentioned before with the Burger King, I think it's a, it's a great example um, because the feeling that their previous one had was very, very plastic. And when I think of Burger King, I kind of see that round sign that they used to have, which often was like in plastic and it reflected in a very ugly way. Um, and so now they've, they've changed not just the logo, but their whole whole identity into, into seeming more uh, eco-friendly and, and, and vegan, as you said, and a lot of stuff like that in green. Um, so I think it, it plays a huge role into how you perceive a certain uh, a certain company and what kind of feeling you get from it. Um, and you know their new logo is very earth colored with with simple shapes. And you know you definitely do get another feeling from looking at the two. One of the most uh, I suppose infamous of your designs is the Google Maps rebrand, uh, which is pinned at the top of your, your Twitter profile and has 13, over 13,000 likes, over 1,000 retweets and uh, almost uh, 400 comments. Um, it went pretty well then. Why do you think that one was so successful? Yeah, I kind of kind of. Oh my god! So sorry to interrupt. I'm looking at it and I've just, I, I, every time I look at it, I see something different, clever. I've just, <laughs> I've just seen the M for Maps yeah. and now I've just seen the pin pointing to the globe. And that, and it's kind of like a person. Uh, there's there's loads of things going on there, isn't there? <laughs> I just yeah, see all I, this. <laughs> I think um, that's the reason why it got so so famous or, or whatever. Um, and um, as I was touching on before, like people, or especially non-designers, like they love clever logos like this one, which has a lot of hidden messages or whatever. And realistically. The Google Maps logo I did, it, it isn't a very good logo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gonna be honest. I I, I made it in like 30 minutes with without any research or whatever. I just um, and it's quite funny because those logos, uh, the famous reruns ones, they like I, I can spend 20 minutes on it and it will do 100 times better on Twitter than when I spend three months making a perfect logo for for a client. Um, so it's kind of kind of interesting to say the least. But I don't understand that. So, so, so looking at this again, people on Twitter represent a a small proportion of an audience, and if an audience relates strongly with the clever, almost like um, gimmicky type logo, I mean, to me, that Google Maps logo is blowing my mind. I like it a lot. But, but if that's what the audience like, why isn't that then the better logo? Or is it because it attracts too much attention? And that's not the job of a logo. Like, I'm trying to understand, like, if the audience love that one, but you, you spend those time doing a different one that's less receptive, why do you think it's better than the other one? Yeah, well, it's it's a good question. And um, I think it has to do with, or it has to do with what I said before, which which is that logo design isn't so, or it is 
it is more black and white than than other types of design or um yeah so there are like right answers as to what makes a good logo um and i don't think that if if people uh could see the google maps one i don't think that over time it, it is simple enough um or distinguishable enough um and i don't think that google would have that like pin or something because that can be considered trendy and stuff so there's there's a lot of stuff that probably won't work over time um but it looks cool on twitter for for a few moments or for a few seconds i guess um which is kind of why i do it because it's also like i learn a lot from it too from making them even though i know like they're in reality quite bad logos or not great logos at least I kind of learn as to why I had to think why they aren't great logos. And that really helps, helps me too. I can see uh, based on the people that follow you on Twitter, there are some heavy hitters in there. So obviously you're being discovered by uh, some people and I'm sure you're a good secret to them, but let's expose that secret. Where can people find you? How do people get in contact if they want to talk to you about a rebrand or a logo? Um, the best way is through Twitter DMs in which I'll probably direct you to my email, which I don't have anywhere public. So, but I but I do answer everyone on Twitter, whether it's client or just asking for for help or feedback or whatever. I do answer everyone. 